of the Ellie and Oliver show. My name's Oliver Braid. Hello, I'm Ellie Harrison. Yay, Ellie Harrison. Yeah. Um, and today is actually, this is, I know this is absolutely outrageous. It's really happening a lot at the moment. Uh, but it's not always going to be like that because obviously we are live from Glasgow. Uh, apart from again today, we're not. This is a pre-record <laughs> um, because unfortunately I'm working tomorrow. But in much more exciting news, we're recording on Thursday the 21st of June, which is actually my 28th birthday. Woo! It's so exciting, and it's actually, uh, it's, it's 9.39 in the morning. Wow, oh my lord. And we've been up, well, we've been, we've been s- together, sat around the kitchen table for at least an hour. Yeah, just having a lovely breakfast, birthday breakfast, courtesy of Ellie Harrison. Some coffee, made in a proper coffee machine. Oh my lord, and then later on, we'll be going along to the time capsule in Cote Bridge for <laughs> some... Uh, I won't say water sports fun, but that sounds a bit naughty. We'll be going down some tunnels, some <laughs> water tubes. I don't know what they're called. Flumes. Flumes. We'll be flumes. We'll be on the tornado tantrum. Um, but yeah, so today is my birthday. And it's also, I think, is it show 25? Yeah. <gasps> and what show 25 represents to me is really a tipping point. Twenty-five shows. Yeah. It's like, we're b- it's basically. I mean, it's twenty-first of June, so it is the midpoint of the year. Solstice last night. Yeah. Here we are. We're in the middle of the year. We've been doing Ellie and Oliver show now for half a year. That's crazy. It's quite insane. Um, who would have known? I don't well. well, we did plan. To s- we did yeah. plan to stick it out, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. I, d- I didn't really plan to give up. <laughs> but listen, um, everybody. <laughs> T- today's theme, inspired by both my birthday and a, a reassessment of my own actions, and the fact that we're at a halfway point, so we can overlook what we're going to do to make Ellie and Oliver show better, and for me to make myself a better human being. The show theme is improvements. Yeah. Um, although you might have gathered already that my style of introducing things hasn't really <laughs> improved yet. And somewhat ironically, I am prepared the least for this show that I have been for a really, really long time. Oh dear, Oliver. It's unfortunate. I'm sorry. I know. I think if anything, um, what we do need to improve is the beginning of our shows because they always ramble on a bit, and I worry that if people have not listened to the show before and then they just listen to the first five minutes, they'll be go uh, uh, losers. I know. But they, I would just say to any new listeners, they do really improve towards the end. Mm-hmm. Like they do really build because quite often we'll have a discussion, and that things will fit together throughout the programme. And by the end, it's almost like such a friends, intellectual frenzy it that is. we don't even want to stop recording. We just want to carry on. Sometimes we morning. have to do a show for about 45 minutes just to get all of that intellectual <laughs> frenzy in. Um, so, yeah, we need to work on the beginnings. Yeah, beginnings. But we were also going to say that we were going to re-listen. We were gonna meant to be re-listening to some earlier shows, yeah. weren't we? I mean, we did... When we were in Ireland earlier in the year, we re-listened to... Do we listen to the first two shows or just the first one show? My, I actually think that we have improved a little bit on the introductions because if you listen back to the first couple of ones, yeah. I think we just talk about the weather. Oh, I think I definitely say, oh, it's a 
Sunny day outside today. But it's not actually, it's raining. Yeah, it's not today, unfortunately. But we were saying that that's probably good because it's going to make our shared hay fever a little bit better. But Ellie, I wanted to share with you a little bit of knowledge and a sort of public apology, actually. Okay. Uh, A while ago, we did a show called Certainties. Yeah. And uh, so this is sort of a revision slash improvement of some knowledge or some information that I imparted on that show. Yeah. Where I introduced a theory called the certainty of insignificance. Yeah. And uh, I said that that theory was based on Pascal's wager Mm -hmm. and the idea that, like, you don't know if your actions are going to be significant or insignificant. So you might, they're much more likely to be insignificant. Therefore, like, I don't know, you shouldn't bother doing something. It was terrible. But actually, my friend Fred, Fred Whedon, big shout out to him because he's a regular listener. He pointed out that in a way, it's sort of the inverse to Pascal's wager because he sort of thought that Pascal's wager would say, well, you should just do it anyway. Yeah. And so I'm revising that. And I'm also revising it based on the pragmatism of William James. All right. Because... You, as you know, although the listeners don't know, this week I made a purchase. I don't know if I should be embarrassed about it or not, but I'm not going to be. It's a beautiful book. I bought the philosophy book yeah. by Dorling Kindersley. It's a little bit like a school textbook, very beautifully illustrated, and just goes through the whole history of different thinkers. It's a bit like Sophie's World, but without the kind of t- tedious storyline <laughs> interrupting um, and the disappointing ending, hopefully. But yeah... William James, he says um, that you should act as if what you do makes a difference. Mm. Always. And he gives the example, if you're lost in a forest and you can see a path, you can either believe that it leads nowhere or you can believe that it leads to food and shelter. I think that's really, really, really good. So you either stay there and starve or you at least follow it out and find a way to safety or food. I am a big fan of pragmatism. My action has made my beliefs come true. Wow. That's the quote. And I like that because that's very in line, actually, I think, with really the rise of um, very early positive psychology and very early self-help. Yeah. Well, it's like the idea of, you know, you've got to be able to imagine what you're working towards because if you've got no clear vision of, of what... of of what it is you want to kind of achieve. I don't know if I believe this, actually, but I'm just saying it anyway. Like, I remember we talked about that poster that I used to have on my wall. Yeah. That I used to use it as a motivational tool. Like, I had two posters, but one one was like, oh, I don't want to go into embarrassing people <laughs> by saying what the posters were again. But they were like, I had them and I looked at them every day as like a, 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 a kind of reminder of how I wanted to improve, I suppose. Yeah. But Pascal's wager, because it is, I'm a fav- big fan of Pascal's mm. wager, but that was his argument for believing in God, because I don't think that he necessarily did believe in God, but he was weighing up the, the options of, um, okay, if God didn't exist, then that would be fine, you'd just die. But if God did exist and you hadn't believed you're in gonna him, you're going to be in the shit, aren't you? Then you'd spend like the rest of eternity burning in hell. So if you weigh out those options, then you think, oh, well, I may as well believe in God because it's only a lifetime and you can just believe in God and then you don't have to spend the rest of eternity burning in hell. <laughs> so, like, that's what I kind of used it, like, equated it to, like, believing in. Um, I guess climate change and the environmental crisis yeah. is like because it I could think that be was the, the first argument. Yeah, it that could we be. ever had that it cropped up in actually. Yeah, because it could be sort of equivalent. Like the stuff that they predict that could happen could be as bad yeah. as burning in hell. 
Or it could be... If it, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll be all right on this little island because on this island, because we're surrounded mm. by water, like our climate is more easily regulated. But other people in other parts of the be world felt. actually will be burning in hell. But anyway... But I think, yeah, I feel a bit bad that I was proposing the certainty of insignificance. But I think it was because I became very suspicious for a long time about a certain type of positive thinking and it's the, the rise of positive thinking I was particularly wondering when we were thinking about improvement I was thinking particularly about like the history of the idea of improvement yeah. and how that um, came to play such a big role well it's interesting well when I remember when I did the talk uh, about trajectories and I was talking about the book self-help which yeah was Samuel smiles yeah by that guy from Edinburgh and was it written in I think he the 19th he century? introduced the Concept in Edinburgh, actually. I think I yeah. think some of the earliest lectures were in Edinburgh Queen's Hall. But I think it was like mid nineteenth century, wasn't it? Mm, I I think that Samuel Smiles' book. I thought it was eighteen fifty nine or well around very mid nineteenth century. Oh yeah, it? sorry, I always forget about the nineteenth century. Isn't just the nineteen hundreds. I know it's difficult. Need to improve on that. But um, <laughs> yeah, like, but it's, it's it is fascinating when you think about improvements. You think about the whole well being agenda because it's just completely taking over now. And like I was saying about that program that was on the radio last night, which was looking at how like NHS st statistics that are published that say well, 60% of uh, adults are depressed mm -hmm. or suffer from some sort of depression and that that has it increased in line with like individual wealth but also like the, the overall wealth of the country. And it's because people are starting to realise that like GDP growth isn't necessarily like equivalent with um, happiness that this whole well-being agenda is, is is like cropping up but like we do have to be skeptical of it because it's also saying like we are financially you know fucked and Europe is going to pot so therefore let's concentrate feed the on masses something else something else and uh, keep them like pacified it's difficult but this is and this is like you know I read that when the financial crisis happened there was a slight dip in self-help book sales but actually in the last year or so they've kind of steadily begun to rise again yeah. because people are and i guess you have to be skeptical of anything that's getting loads of attention for a specific reason oh but no. i think that the type of improvements that we have to look at aren't the kind of improvement or self-improvements that we buy from a book and learn in that way yeah. we actually have to develop our very specific own self-improvement yeah. styles because this is something that i wanted to talk about on a previous show but it seems to fit in really well now because it was relates to that podcast that i was listening to about actually the birth of like cbt and how it kind of comes from like ancient philosophies yeah. of like did you listen to it yeah i listened to it i listened to it it's really good ancient greek philosophers and and like this idea that these greek philosophers whose names <laughs> i can't remember but like the first philosophers to ever exist mm. they um would make these little handbooks for life. So every time that they developed something that they thought that worked for them, they'd write that down as a little maxim and they'd repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. So over the course of their lives, they were building up their own personal handbook. I was wondering, is that, um, I mean, this is slightly later than uh, Greek, but is that like Marcus Aurelius as well? Is that what the meditations are? are I guess kind so. of um, Yeah. Those sort of handbooks but for... I yeah, 
And I think, I mean, you can see, like, I feel like, in a way, that's what this year, I feel like this year, I don't know whether it's because of the radio show, and I really worry about what 2013 is going to be like without the radio show. Mental collapse, full mental collapse. No, it'll be liberating. But the radio show, for me, this year, and also because I was doing CBT, but also because I've started to do these other activities which I witnessed well, or I observed, were missing in my life last mm-hmm. year, like having bigger social group, of, well, having any social group, <laughs> having some friends, for example, yeah. just like integrating <laughs> into like my local community, all of these things which I uh, identified as being missing, I've tried to sort of fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And so this, I don't know, like, just do you feel like that about this I think this, this stuff does take a long time. About I homing? feel, um, I t- well, the thing is, I think it's very difficult to judge accurately the past because I think that your brain sort of rewrites it anyway. So even if f- I was, but obviously I've been looking over this year, 27. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't know how you can make a categorical judgment that things were better or worse because actually, right. So professionally in terms of like work, 27 was a really good year for me. Like I yeah. did do two big projects and I worked pretty consistently, got a lot of funding, like just everything seemed really good. But then, and you know, so we started doing this and that's been a real joy. I really love working in my studio. Like this, I've met so many new people, but they're obviously on the flip side of that is that there has been this consistent uh downside which is from this person that i never talk about you know but you know that it has been there basically for this whole time and but this week i did make a realization that the reason that i think about this person or when this person crops up the reason that i think about them is because i'm not focusing on other things properly and then I realized that the reason that I stop focusing on other things properly and end up focusing yeah. on this other person is because the things that I should be focusing on seem too overwhelming. Or too difficult. Yeah. yeah, and so actually the, the best way to do it is to break overwhelming things down into little chunks and start working on them in that way. And so even just the, the thought process of breaking them down is the beginning of a thought process which isn't about thinking about that person. Yeah. And so I think... You know, the w- the one benefit, it seems at the minute, that I can derive from trying not to think about this person, because it's insane how this is still going on. It's like 15 months or something. But the way to do it, I think, is to learn a little bit every day about oh, something. Definitely. And that's why I'm just, just reading. Oh, right, we've got to do a song. But uh, when we come back after the song, I want to show you, like, these, uh, like, you know, the New Economics Foundation, mm-hmm. like, my favourite think tank. Yeah. Like, they, they <laughs> publish, like, these five steps for, like, well-being. But, like... Um, I, I'd like to read them to you after. Oh, let's check them out. But should we do my song? Yeah, it can do whichever. Mine's quite long. <gasps> Mine's okay. <laughs> I was gonna like try to do something conceptual in terms of like picking a really cool song, which would be an improvement on my normal like, um, well, eclectic and sometimes <laughs> dire music taste. But I haven't done that at all. Well. I've gone for Yaz. <laughs> It's from the 80s. But that's a lovely song, though. The only way is up. And I do like to listen to it on my headphones sometimes as I'm walking down the street and it makes me feel good. So, yep, enjoy it.
That was Yaz and the Only Ways Up. Hey! Like, while we were listening to that, we were dancing around and we getting quite excited about our summer event. Yeah! Which is at Edinburgh Art Festival on the 31st of August. In the afternoon, we're actually going to be having a sort of disco, a non alcoholic disco. Non alcoholic disco. <laughs> Um, it's really the future. Yeah, daytime disco and falafel eating session. I was kind of fantasizing that we would only get vegan falafels, so is that all right? What else can you have? Well, you could put like yogurt in, but do you mind if we... I don't know if we do or not, do we? What do we normally well, I have? Don't. I, no, I mean, obviously I don't. Like, we not I normally just have, well, I've never specified either way. I just have a hummus falafel. Okay, because I normally have... Yeah, you, chili sauce rather than any yogurty base. Oh, well, I do like a chili sauce, but then... It's difficult to know what everyone else wants, isn't it? Yeah, well, they have to have what we want. Like, that's... Oh, I don't know if that's an improvement. Beggars can't <laughs> no, be choosers. Well, that um, no, that is the truth. That beggars is one really of my biggest choosers. But anyway, that was 1988 that that song came out. And actually, like, I really remember I used to go to these discos when I was at school, Compton First School. and um, Non-alcoholic. I, non-alcoholic discos. <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, nine years old. And uh, I remember dancing around to that. I also really remember dancing around Aww. to Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles. And See, I, I don't really remember that song, but I do remember Yaz. We did definitely listen to that in my house. I would have been about four. But oh, I think it's possible sweet. because Yaz has got a bit more of a homosexual vibe than the Bangles. Well, they're both quite homo. Yeah, they're quite homo, But anything they? from the 80s is That's quite homo, have. isn't well, it? Well, we listened to a lot of Cher and Erasure in our house, and then my mum wondered what went wrong. I know. I know. I must have been the only eight-year-old with a leather jacket. And she fucking <laughs> took you to Les Miserables. Oh, we went cats. to. All, I know. I was speaking to a gentleman yesterday, Alan Campbell. Yeah. And uh, he told me as a child, he never went to a single piece of musical theatre. And that's why he's a heterosexual. It's so sad, isn't it? <laughs> so sad. I was broken-hearted for him. Actually, do you know I was in the museum yesterday. And I heard um, I heard two men talking, and one of them was like, "Oh well, he did play the Phantom in something." And I thought, "Bloody hell!" The minute you hear a grown man refer to the Phantom, <laughs> before I even went round the corner, I knew it would be two homosexuals. <laughs> it was, I That's think. So I think. Oh, I don't want to be too outrageous, but one of them had quite a big beard. Oh dear! No. But you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's got a lot to answer for. It's quite interesting because in the 1980s, that was like. Thatcher's big like cultural policy was just to push all that like yeah, it's so interesting musical theatre and garden festivals and all this like ridiculous stuff that well something quite twee and domestic about both yeah. of those things well that's family conservatism values. isn't it that's conservatism musical theatre well Les Miserables though it's a little bit political isn't it I guess so it's about French Miss Revolution. Saigon look at Miss Saigon uh, it was about the communist like in <laughs> Vietnam wasn't it but you, you know that the, the story was a little bit biased but anyway <laughs> I um, wanted to talk about these I just really wanted to, to to tell you, because I'm quite excited about these five ways to well-being. Oh yeah, tell me them. Tell the me them. The New Economics Foundation have published, um, and my friend Jodie from Roller Derby, she sent me these actually because she's yeah. doing research about well-being. Let's see. Okay, so number one is connect. Connect with the people around you, oh. with family, friends, colleagues, and neighbours. I think I know these. Oh. I used to have them on my computer. Is one of them? Oh, tell me the other ones. Go on, because other people won't have heard them. Okay, then we've got. Be active. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk, run, step outside, cycle, play a game, garden, dance. Exercising hey. makes you feel good. And then there's take notice. Yeah. 
Be curious, catch sight of the beautiful, remark on the unusual, notice the changing seasons, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, Have we not just blah. done that? Looking yeah. at the weather? Anyway. Well, we've done them all in this one. We're connecting, we've danced, we've taken notice. Oh, my God. And then keep learning. We're always learning. Yeah, we're always learning. Try something new. Rediscover an old interest. Sign up for that course. Take on a different responsibility at work. Fix a bike, etc., etc., etc. Well, I'm actually talking of bikes. I'm supposed to be learning how to ride a bike this summer. I know you should, Oliver. You should can you imagine all the bike rides we can go on? Yeah, and then finally, give, do something nice for a friend or a stranger. Yeah. Thank someone. Smile. Volunteer your time. Join a community group. Look out. And I have given no, you a important. gift, which we can't mention. can't discuss on the radio. It's we quite shocking. <laughs> I've given Oliver a gift this morning for his birthday. But also, I did take you, as part of your birthday present, to the School of Light. Yeah, you did. You did. That's very inspirational. And that was not only a gift, but it was an opportunity to learn and to go to Edinburgh. And we had a falafel. Yeah, we did have a falafel. Which was actually quite good. Yeah, I thought it was a good falafel. It was a little bit rushed. Yeah. We were walking up the road with it. Oh, yeah, I think it's all right. I like to. I think it would be nice. I think that when we're doing dancing in Edinburgh, we should be dancing and eating falafel at the same time. I've had quite a few falafel-related incidents. Uh, uh, messy ones. Uh, Nothing too shocking. Oh, my God. Just, just yeah. down my shirt, sort of. No, business. I'm really excited about the Falafel Lunch Club that we're going to make. Because it's five whole... Um, Whole Fridays, it's five Fridays that we're going to be in Edinburgh. And every one of those Fridays, after the show, we're going to pick a different takeaway and go and sample the falafel and we'll be doing a sort of informal review yeah. on the radio show. And then picking a winner. And the winner will cater for the event. I do have to say, I'm a little bit biased already because I've got in my mind the Pal- one that I think I know. Palmyra. Yeah, Palmyra's a really good one. But we can set the challenge. Like, can we find? Can we improve on Palmyra? Can we improve on Palmyra? Mm. But the thing is, you know, the pavilion's right over the other side of the city centre. Oh, so we have to do a falafel dash. Well, there aren't really many... T- I think it's a bit more upmarket, that side. <laughs> well, everywhere in Edinburgh's upmarket, isn't it? But well, like, yeah. Because it's on that square, you know, like at St Andrews Square. I, know, I've n- I don't even know where that is. I don't really know Edinburgh very well. It's basically up the other Looking side forward of, to the to know it. Of, of Waverley. But anyway... Are we waffling? We're falafeling. <laughs> We're falafeling. We're falafeling, not waffling. But um, we, we've, we've probably just about run out of time. But did you want to say anything else for your lovely birthday? Um, well, I did want to say that in a minute I'll be playing a song. And I want to just dedicate it to Mark Cairns. Because he told me that um, he, when he was a kid, he saw this band on television... Yeah. And his parents were having a discussion about the lead singer who's infamously got quite an unusual voice, who which, you know, I share a passion for. And he said that through watching this person on television was how he first understood the concept of transsexuality. Ooh. And I thought that was interesting. It's got nothing to do with improvements, but the song itself has got something to do with improvements. I don't um, think I understand the concept of transsexuality. What oh. is it? Well, I think it's just something to do with Genders, isn't it? But is it transgender? Well, no, what it was is, I think they're two different things. Oh, God. It's too confusing. It's complicated, isn't it? Complicated. I know. I know. But we'll be finding out more about that later in the year. We have another special announcement at some point. Um, So, yeah, this is dedicated to Mark Cairns. 
Because I've never, I don't think I've even, sh- oh no, I probably shot him out all the bloody time, but this time he gets a song. Ellie, you want to say something? I just need to do a shout out because I forgot to oh. tell you that I received something in the post at my studio this week. Oh my lord. And I don't know whether you'd res- also received it, but the product design students from oh. 2012 sent me a copy of Shout their catalogue. Mm-hmm. They they s- no, they so didn't send cute. one to me. They sent one to Pigeon Perfect or it to Iron, but they sent one to Iron Brats in general. Uh, it's addressed to Ellie Harrison, Ellie and Oliver show at oh. my studio. So anyway, product design 2012. Thanks. Well, that's next. that. You know, Fee that we shouted out last week. She's one of those guys. I thought she might. Gals. Be. Anyway, I thought it was really sweet. Thank you very much, product design. Yeah, it's nice to receive. Yeah. Unexpected. Thing is a dirty word. Thing is a dirty Thing word. Thing is like a dirty it. word indeed. Very and beautifully I made. Very beautifully presented. I inspired by our talk of dusting when I was reading Well, that. I think, no, Fee did say that she thought we'd be really interested. I don't think it came from us talking about it, but I think Things. that there was a connect. They made a connection. Things. But anyway, we better get on. Okay. Um, did you say what it was, Oliver? This is... Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed about this. Oh, my God. We're yeah. going to go for it anyway. I apologise. There's a saxophone. I think saxophone is the most abrasive instrument. But this is Moving On Up by M People. <laughs> oh so embarrassing, hey. but we better dance around the living room. Come on, put it on. the devil's cut you broke my heart there's no way back move right out of here baby go on pack your bags just who do you think you are stop acting like some kind of star just who
Thank you.